Welcome to Rainbow Puppy Science Lab. It's the world's only lab dedicated exclusively to the study of all things awesome. Every episode, we'll explore a different subject and figure out what makes it great. So goggles on, awesomeologists. This might get messy. But we're about to discover something, something awesome. Hi, I'm Atticus. And I'm Kyle. As a parent and a teacher, I always want to make sure we're learning. But as a kid, I want to make sure it's always something fun. Like this week, we're exploring national parks. Now, let's get down to the most fun part of learning, a quiz. Um, quizzes aren't fun. That's right. It's time for our favorite quiz disguised as a game. A little thing we like to call fact or fake. Here's your first story. Theodore Roosevelt is often called the conservation president because he did so much to expand the national park system. But he didn't start the national parks program. The first national park was created on March 1st, 1872, when the Yellowstone National Park Protection Act was signed by Ulysses S. Grant. Or... The U.S. is home to the Grand Canyon, one of the seven natural wonders of the world. It was created as ancient people were mining for gold. As they detonated a patch of rock to mine deeper, a giant sinkhole formed. Those who escaped the collapse looked back and realized what was left was actually quite beautiful. So there you have it, two totally cool bits of trivia. One of them is an absolutely amazing, totally true fact, but the other is incredible, meaning it's just not credible because it's totally fake. Which seems too good to be true. If you need a moment to think about it, that's okay. Pause the show if you need to. We'll be right here when you get back. Now, as a matter of fact, the true story is... Drumroll, please. Uh, Dad, that's a volcano erupting. That's fine. Just roll with it. Now, as I was saying, the true story was that... While Theodore Roosevelt did a lot to expand the national park system, he didn't start it. It all got started in 1872 under President Ulysses S. Grant. In fact, Yellowstone National Park is largely considered to be the world's first national park. Other sites around the world have been preserved as national preserves and cultural heritage sites, but Yellowstone was the first to be declared a national park. If you thought the Grand Canyon was formed by human activity, you weren't too far off. While the Grand Canyon was formed by nature, it was created by essentially erosion of the Colorado River over the course of millions of years. There are some national parks preserving human-made structures. In 1906, President Theodore Roosevelt signed the bill to establish Mesa Verde National Park in southwestern Colorado, protecting ancestral Puebloan archaeological sites. And today, the majority of the 413 sites that make up the national park system preserve some historical and cultural resources. 
Now, to really understand what makes something awesome, I think we need to go back and see how it all began. Sounds to me like it's time to break out Rainbow Puppy Science Lab's super advanced future technology, the Wayback Machine. Um, Dad, in a way, national parks are sort of their own Wayback Machine. What do you mean? Well, the whole point of our national park system is to preserve nature as it has been for thousands of years. In the U.S., the National Park Service protects over 84 million acres of wild landscapes and historical sites. Wait, so these aren't like the ultimate playgrounds? They're just a bunch of dirt and rocks and stuff? It's so much more than dirt and rocks. Since the United States is a relatively young nation, nowhere near as old as countries like China, Egypt, England, or France, many people feel like it doesn't have the deep cultural roots that the other nations have. Of course, before European settlers came to what is now America, several indigenous cultures inhabited the land. They generally tried to live in harmony with nature rather than taming it. America is a relatively young nation, but conservation of nature is our deeply rooted cultural heritage. Our national parks are some of America's greatest treasures. Okay, so what makes these such special treasures? There are so many amazing things, it's hard to say where to begin. But here are a few of the highlights. Three out of ten of the world's highest waterfalls are in Yosemite National Park in California. Ribbon Waterfall in Yosemite is actually nine times as high as Niagara Falls. On the topic of tall things in California, the world's biggest tree is a sequoia named General Sherman. It stands 275 feet tall in Sequoia National Park. General Sherman is believed to be around 2,000 years old. In 1937, a different giant sequoia fell in the park. Rather than cut it up and get rid of it, the National Park Service made a tunnel through the enormous 275 by 21 foot tree. Now that's what I'm talking about. Some extreme waterfalls and the biggest trees. Let's hear about some of the other biggest and bests of our national parks. Okay, the biggest national park is Alaska's Wrangell St. Elias National Park at 13,000 square miles. And by far the most visited park is the Great Smoky Mountains. Around 13 million people every year visit the Great Smoky Mountains. The next most visited park is the Grand Canyon, with about 5 million. So, less than half as many? I wonder why the Smoky Mountains are so popular. Well, for one thing, they are some of the oldest mountains in the world. It is also a great place for hiking, with over 800 miles of trails. And it doesn't hurt that it's free to visit. A place with no entry fee is definitely pretty great. But I want to hear about more of those record-setting park attractions. Well, Mammoth Cave in Kentucky is the largest cave system with over 3,454 miles mapped. And here is one last mind-blowing fact. 
Mauna Loa in Hawaii's Volcanoes National Park may not be the highest peak on Earth, but if you measure it from its underwater base, it would be over 30,000 feet tall, making it the biggest mountain on Earth. The mountain is so massive that it actually pressed down the seafloor underneath it. Now, the natural sites themselves may be pretty old, but next, my dad is going to share a report on something new happening with America's national parks. Wait a second. I'm the dad and a teacher. I don't write reports. I assign them. My show, my lab, my rules. Fine. When's it due? After the short break. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Welcome back, awesomeologists. While natural wonders like the Grand Canyon were formed by nature over the course of millions of years, there are some cultural heritage sites created by people thousands of years ago, which are also protected spaces. Prehistoric people built monuments like Stonehenge, which have captured people's imaginations for generations. In the United States, there's an effort underway to turn Akmolgi Mounds of central Georgia into America's 64th National Park. The word Akmolgi translates to bubbling water, and the site was a thriving center for indigenous people for thousands of years. Artifacts have been found dating back 10 to 12,000 years, way older than ancient ruins like Stonehenge. Around the year 900 CE, Mississippians built the Akmolgi Mounds. Carrying bags of dirt by hand, thousands of workers built the Great Temple Mound, about 55 feet tall, overlooking the floodplain of the Akmolgi River. The mounds were used for a variety of purposes, including funeral rites. Circular lodges were built to conduct meetings and ceremonies. By the late 18th century, the Muscogee were the largest Native American group in what is now Georgia. 
The Muscogee considered the Akmolgi Mounds to be a sacred space, as in their oral history, they considered the ancient Mississippian ruins to be, quote, the place where we first sat down, end quote, after their ancestors ended their journey migrating from the west. As the Muscogee and other tribes were forced off their lands, their ancestral home was sold off, the mounds were degraded. Perhaps the most egregious incident was in the 19th century as a railroad cut through the funeral mound, moving the graves to make way to lay tracks. In the 1920s, artifacts were unearthed, and throughout the 1930s, archaeologists excavated millions of items, including pottery and tools. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt actually got the ball rolling to make the Akmolgi Mounds a national park way back then. He had made frequent visits to the nearby Warm Springs for his polio treatment, and he believed the Akmolgi Mounds were a spiritual place that needed to be protected. He asked Congress to set aside 2,000 acres as a national park, but by the time legislation made its way to his desk in 1934, it had been reduced to 678 acres as a national monument. In the decades that followed, Akmolgi has expanded. It currently stands as a historic park covering 3,336 acres. In 2019, they began a feasibility study to determine whether the Akmolgi Mounds met the criteria to become a national park. In an article for National Geographic, Tracy Revy, the Director of Advocacy for the Akmolgee National Park and Preserve Initiative, said, quote, We never know what's going to happen through administration changes, and we want to make sure that this land is forever protected. There's currently draft legislation with bipartisan support that would convert Akmolgee Mounds into a national park and preserve. But as of the time of this recording, it has not been scheduled for a vote. If successful, this would not only create a new national park to preserve the space held sacred by indigenous people for thousands of years, it would be the first national park co-managed by a removed tribe. I think the significance of this effort is best summarized by the words of the Muscogee Nation Principal Chief David Hill, who said, quote, This is where it originally started. It's our history. It's who we are. So the fire that's in your heart is also the fire that's here. End quote. So now, Atticus, as we think back onto all the stuff that we have found about national parks, what do you think makes them so cool? I think it's so cool how they're all just history right there in your face and how you can just learn by just stepping outside your door and maybe going on a road trip. Yeah, I think it's kind of amazing that we can look out onto these places and see exactly what it looked like thousands of years ago and what it will hopefully look like thousands of years from now. It's kind of like the ultimate time capsule. Except it's not like buried in the ground. True, although there is some stuff buried in the ground. Like I said, thousands of artifacts have been unearthed, and there are national parks that have just tons and tons of fossils and all sorts of wonderful historic records and treasures still waiting to be discovered. 
Maybe they never will be discovered. <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe now let's look into the future. How? By combining the sciences of magic and superstition. Um, that's not science. We've created this crystal ball that is guaranteed to tell the future at least as accurately as wild speculation from random podcasters. Uh, let's see. I know I left it around here somewhere. Uh, Dad, that's a rock. Whatever. Let's just roll with it. Now, gaze into it. So what do you see for the future of our national parks? Like, I could see some amazing technological advances, teleportation to bring me up to the top of mountains that I'm too scared to climb. What do you think? I hope that a lot of the national parks stay the same that they are now because nature is so beautiful and they've been the same for thousands of years. And the point of the national park system is to protect our history. That's true. And preserving all those green spaces would be nice. I mean, it wouldn't be quite the same if we had drones flying all over the place at the Grand Canyon or Acadia National Park or any of those other places. It's nice to have a place that's a little bit calm, quiet, serene. Yeah. Plus, we'll probably have all that stuff flying around our cities. So keep that in mind. That's true. It would be nice to have these preserves as a little bit of an oasis, a, a green space to protect that healthy ecosystem and help us reconnect with that nature as technology takes over every other aspect of our lives. It also could be kind of cool for people in the future because... People from the future, even if they had a time machine, couldn't travel back to the time of this recording because you can only travel back in time to when the time machine was invented. So it could kind of be like a step back into the past for those people in the future, too. That is true. It is the closest we'll ever come to a time machine, a way to look back at the world as it used to be because we can't travel back in time. Well, we could, but only until... Only if we get a DeLorean and befriend a disgraced nuclear scientist, like in the movie Back to the Future, right? Yeah. So we don't have a crystal ball or a time machine, but I still think we should wrap this up with a little bit of prognostication. That means telling the future. That's right. Let's give a little preview of next week's episode with another round of fact or fake. We'll share two bits of trivia. One is an absolutely amazing true fact, but the other is just silly, strange, and totally fake. Your challenge is to tell truth from fiction. Here's her first story. In 1993, a team of scientists began experiments with cloning technology in the hopes of bringing a dinosaur to life today. Their work was conducted on a small island off of Costa Rica in order to keep everyone safe from the dinosaurs if the experiments were successful. Fortunately, or maybe unfortunately, because this sounds pretty rad, the experiments were halted as several scientists expressed grave concerns about the ethics and safety. Or, while people have seen and wondered about dinosaur bones and other fossils throughout history, the name dinosaur 
didn't come along until 1842, when a scientist named Sir Richard Owen coined the term. He combined the Latin words "dinos," meaning terrible, and "saurus," which means lizard. Although non-avian dinosaurs were extinct 66 million years ago, birds today have a common ancestor with those terrible lizards. So you might say there's some dinosaurs still roaming the earth today. There you have it. Which do you think is true? Tune in to Rainbow Puppy Science Lab next week to find out. Thanks for listening to our show. Rainbow Puppy Science Lab is an airwave media podcast. It was written, produced, mixed, and edited by us, Atticus and Kyle. Background music and sound effects came courtesy of Pixabay. Today, we covered something that we love and wanted to learn more about, but what are you curious about? Ask your grown-up to head over to rainbowpuppysciencelab.com to find some fun experiments and activities you can try. While you're there, tell us what you like and what you're curious about. You might just hear it in a future episode.